community content from Concentrate. You're up and Adam with Adam Montiel. We did it. We made it to Friday. What's going on? Thank you for being up in Adam. My name is Adam Montiel. Lots on the show today. What a busy day. We have, of course, we're wrapping up our week with Chris Lambert. Today is fun. Today we keep it super light, but it's still really interesting getting into more to uh, Chris Lambert's music. We have some fun. Going to read some uh, one-star Yelp reviews. I'll explain that coming up later. We'll also talk to our friend Robin Coleman. She is from the Woods Humane Society. Great news on their uh, cats and coffee thing they did last weekend. Also, a fee-waved dog that needs a home, is trained, is beautiful. It's our pet of the week. All right, coming up in our lo-fi headlines, we're going to hit you quick with a story from a, a fantastic nonprofit organization here called Echo in our Community Uncorked segment, also featuring Jolie from the General Store. Let's get right to it. Up and Adams, lo-fi headlines. Thanks so much to our friends at the General Store downtown Paso. Jolie is up and Adam right now. Jolie, thanks for hanging out. Hi, Adam. How are you? Happy um, almost end of January. <laughs> I know. I know. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show. You know, I know this time it's we were just talking off the air. It's and we're going to talk about this really great uh, thing with Echo that you're involved in in a second. But you know, for the holidays and it's so much like that outward face for the customers. What do we have for you? Keeping up with everything going on, your finger on the pulse of it all. But at this time of year for you guys, I know it's really kind of like looking inward to what you guys' general store can be able to offer folks for the rest of the year. It's an interesting time for you right now. It is. And wow, you just put that so eloquently, Adam. Um, so, you know, after the insanity and fun of the holidays in January, it might seem like just radio silence um, for a lot of, you know, the activity in downtown Paso, for example, and stores and whatnot. But really for us, first of all, as you know, our county is a hospitality county in a big way now. I mean, we're so lucky and, um, you know, the, the, the lights and the trees in downtown Pastor Rebels brought a ton of people to town. It was wonderful. But for those of us, especially those of us that are introverts, which believe it or not, I am, you know, being out hospitality face all the time, I think a lot of us in our community really need to have the chance to take a break and re-engage and fill our cups. And that's what a lot of the work we do in January is. Um, that's not, you know, we didn't invent that, but for us, it's been a really important tradition. So Jillian and Aaron and I sit down and look at what we want for the store for the year, but we also look at what we want for ourselves for the year to make sure that those things are all meshing and that we can support each other in that. So that's really what we're doing is not just like which tea towels are we going to bring in, but it's also <laughs> how are we balancing our life, you know, um, and making sure that we stay inspired because we've been doing this for over a decade and we want to give people our best. So that's what we spend a lot of time doing this time of year. Now, I know the... Um El Camino Homeless Organization, also known as ECHO, is an organization. I've, I've loved their work for a long time. You have warmed up to them, and you always are uh, doing, you know, kind of extensions of the, the things and the fundraisers that they will do. And soon you're even going to be joining their board. So first of all, congratulations on that. Thank you. I was very very thrilled that Greer, um, the board chair, uh, asked me to 
be a part of things. I haven't been sworn in yet, so hopefully I don't mess things up before they agree to take me on board. But again, to the extent of, you know, that we're looking at what we can do this year for us being a part of giving and supporting in our community. Uh, one of the things that are in our mission, not to be a nerd, is taking care of each other. And that's not just taking care of each other literally, but also taking care of each other in this community. So ECHO does that. They take care of our most vulnerable people. And so for me, it's just such a joy to be a part of what they're doing. And so Jillian, Aaron and I and the team at General Store are um, really excited about this drive they're doing for Valentine's Day and for February. I think I sent you some information on it. It's basically a blanket and sheets drive and it's brand new twin sheets and blankets and you can drop them off at General Store Pastor Robles anytime during the month of February or you can and I think Adam you have the QR code yes um, I will put the could, link the link is in the show notes right now so if you're listening to this you can go to the fantastic. show notes wherever you're listening to this and you can get that direct link there's also an Amazon uh, link if you want to do like a wish list and just buy something and it go right huh. to them but what a great way to give back any twin sized sheet or blanket at this time of year it's critical Okay, and again, I've, I've said this to you before, but I'm not always the best salesperson. I would say, if you want to really do something loving for somebody in your life for Valentine's Day, maybe you come into General Store Paso and you buy a beautiful letterpress card, but inside that card, maybe you say, instead of buying you a piece of chocolate, I bought some blankets and sheets for a person in need in our community. Now, I also want the chocolate, I'm gonna be honest, but maybe you could do both. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're thank you Echo for giving us the chance as a community to come and rally around you. Uh, thank you Guru and the board for um, including us in that. And um, Adam, thanks for promoting it. It's one of the things that we do such a good job of in this community is taking care of each other. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited that we are able to be a part of that. It is Echo's Spread the Warmth Drive. Again, we're looking for new twin size sheets, twin sized blankets. You can drop them right off at the general store. They're on 12th Street across from the park downtown Paso. Again, I got all the links in the show notes here. So I, I, you know, I encourage you, if you're listening to this and you can just, even if you just hit the Amazon on your phone, you can do it in five minutes, buy a blanket or a sheet on Amazon and it'll go to the right people to get it in the right hands of men and women and children that need it. And I've just always loved your heart, Jolie, for the community, for organizations like Echo. And one of the things that, you know, you said off the year too is, and this has always been a really personal thing for you, is just feeding people. And and I know you can, you you even look at that very literally. It just, it just makes you, <laughs> it, it, it makes you, it, it makes you hold. And, and to give that way, you know, especially to someone who is in need. Um, look, even what, after what happened in October and my transition and the Chris Heisma from In Bloom said, hey, please come up. I have a seat for you. I just want to feed you. That's what he said. I want to feed you. And there was just something so yeah. hospitable and loving about coming to a table or coming to a plate that somebody provided for you just because that they love you. So I think what you're doing is fantastic. Uh, 100%. There is not, I, I think it's one of the most basic human things you can do. And yeah. I remember, and we've talked about this too, when I was going through cancer treatment, there were times when, you know, someone literally just, I, I didn't even know them very well, but that that meal would show up on my doorstep. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a basic and beautiful gesture. And so, you know, I'll tell you, I'm a terrible baker. So if I do offer you the gift of love in a baked by baked good, do not take it or take it and just <laughs> put it away. Um, I would stop. rather go buy one, go buy something from, um, you know, uh, 
that just baked or something. But right. um, although or Jobella, they have great baked goods. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's part of what we love to do. It's you know, food is one of our love languages, as you can tell if you come to the general store. We are definitely hearty, love love to eat our yummy, delicious food, but we also love to show our love that way. So thank you for mentioning that. I would like to say one thing, Go ahead. and that is that it's what two months into your podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I had a woman come into the store the other day and she said, I've never been in here before, but I heard Adam talking about you. So I thought I would just pop in. This woman and I had the most lovely conversation. She was probably in the store for at least half an hour. And that was just such a wonderful thing for me, knowing that people who we've never met are reaching us because of you. And I just want to say congratulations on getting through the first two months, which are probably the hardest. We're really so happy to have you in our, on, I don't want to say the airwaves anymore because that's very old fashioned, whatever, on the pod waves. <laughs> There's still airwaves. But, um, I mean, I still consider myself a broadcaster, just a different medium. Yeah. You know, the FM uh, terrestrial okay. airwaves are a little bit, you know, obviously dated and changing, but no, these are the new ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm Aww. so happy to hear your voice and, um, and to hear whenever, whenever it's convenient for me is also kind of a nice thing. So congratulations. We're so happy happy to be a part of what you're doing. So um, yay for you, Adam. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank you, Julie, and to Jillian and Aaron and all the, the whole team at The General Store. Your support has been, even during COVID, when everyone dropped off, no one could do advertising anymore. You guys still, you guys weren't even open for a lot of you guys still figured a way to support. You've always showed so much love to me personally, and I will always have your back no matter what. So thank you so much for taking the time to say that, Julie. You mean a lot to me. Oh, thank you so much, Adam. And, um, and don't anyone forget that you can also show your love by getting some new sheets and blankets to Echo. The link is in the show notes. Echo does some great work. And right now with their spread, the warmth drive, new twin sized sheets and blankets are in need and you can easily drop them off at the general store. Again, 12th Street across from downtown City Park in Paso. While you're there, say hello to the ladies and pick up some fun, cool, local, and great gifts and ideas and provisions for the home. Julie, as always, have a wonderful rest of your week, your weekend, and thank you for being up and Adam. Oh, thank you, Adam. Keeping things moving. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk to Robin Coleman from the Woods Humane Society. Now, looking forward to our final, we've had them all week, our final segment with Chris Lambert of the Your Own Backyard podcast. Chris Lambert Music, the link is in the show notes. I had a winemaker, I was hanging out with Mike Siner yesterday in Avila Beach. Uh, we got a segment coming up with him next week. And uh, he was like, yeah, I went to Chris's website and I downloaded the whole soundtrack. It was pretty cool. He's like, yeah, when I'm working, I need to like focus. And that music was just so good. It's keeping me focused. So I thought that was so cool. So while we have hit every topic with Chris Lambert over the course of the week, this one is very light. In fact, I think we come into the conversation, we're talking about something that I think he was doing, he and his sweetheart were doing on their Instagram last year where they were showing screenshots of their Google history. Look at your Google history. It's pretty funny. We get into the conversation talking about that. Yeah, it was something my girlfriend started. Allie started posting things I Googled this week and she would just list out all the things. And so then I started looking through mine and it's like, yeah, this is pretty interesting. It, It really, you don't realize how many things, at least I do, I don't know how many people do this, but just throughout the day, you Google something you heard on TV, you Google something that popped up in a podcast, you Google something you saw at the grocery store, and then by the end of the week, you look back and you're like, why was I looking up the 1999 (laughs) FIFA Women's World Cup? Like, 
what was oh that's right and then you suddenly remember that's right i was i was talking to somebody about this and i i'm a huge googler like when people my i'm also terrible about this my safari browser yeah has the maximum number of tabs oh my god tell me i bet i got you beat how many do you have 500 oh shoot so it tops out at 500 oh god i got 149 tabs what what's terrible about this is when you get to 500 every time you open a new tab it pulls one of your old tabs that you've had open and closes that one to make space for the new one yeah so there's things i have in tab one tab two that i've been saving my intention is always to go back and read them but i never do i I totally am the same way i just leave everything open on my phone all the time would you with me right now would you close all 500 of your tabs Oh, I don't think I could. You don't think you could do it? <laughs> I don't think I could. There are, you know, most recently, there are a few things that I've left that it's like, oh, I need to read this news article. Okay. This is important to me, and I've set it aside. There's things that, like... I do that, too. I have... I'll uh, erase my tabs if you erase yours, but if you don't want to, I understand. I, I'm i going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> and th- that's how attached to these things I, I am. I get, but w- here's what I started doing, because I do it on my laptop, too. Here's what I've started doing, is I'll, I'll write <sighs> every open tab I have in my notebook, and then I'll close it, so it's like... I I know I can come back to this, and I have never once gone back to look at an old page. I know. Because it do doesn't matter. Thing. Dude, you and I are the exact same mind. <laughs> I probably look like a serial killer mm. when you look at my browser, yeah. like in the office right there. Uh-huh. It's just going to be like, you know, where the, when you have so many open tabs where they just get super small, yep. and you can't even read what they yeah. are anymore? Yep. And, and then, it, like, you're trying to find the one that's making noise, so you're just looking for the speaker yeah. icon. <laughs> but they're so small that you can't see that until you right. expand it. Yeah. Or every once in a while, I'll move my mouse cursor and accidentally X out a tab. <gasps> and it's especially if you do it in an incognito window, because sometimes I'll have all of my tabs open that I'll need a new browser window. So I'll open an incognito window just to open more. Yeah. And then <laughs> accidentally X one out. And you're like, no, that was a really important. Right. Yeah. I'm really oh, bad about so that. That's so funny. What does your email box look like? Um, I'm pretty good about checking my email that's every day. That's interesting. Yeah, I unsubscribe from things right away if they're starting to bug me, and so I really only get important emails. Like if you were to go to like your Gmail or like whatever your normal email is, how yeah. many emails are in there? Do you erase them? I don't erase anything. Neither do I. Uh, I only erase like kind of bulk email stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anything personal to me, and that's become important because for the last six months or so, I was working on this kind of cleanup project at my house and trying to get rid of old stuff. And what I started doing was finding old papers, old photos and stuff. I started working on a life timeline, right? So I've laid out my life from the time I was born until now and major events that I don't want to forget. Like, you know, in 2002, I think it was April 24th, 2002, I won second place in the regional spelling bee. Like, and I know that because there's a newspaper article about it. So I put that in there, but then it's like, oh yeah, a week later i played the talent show at my eighth grade junior high and so that's interesting to look at those two things and realize they were so close in time and then pretty soon i just started filling it out from both directions just you know before 2002 after 2002 up to today and realized you know i've got like 50 pages now of a timeline that just for me just for me to be able to look back on and go and i've also moved houses a lot so it's like what years did we live in that house and now that i know that i remember this incident happened when we were living here. Is this on so a computer had, or a journal or what? Yeah, it's just like in a Google Docs tab. And so every time I come across a page, it's like, oh, there's the you know newspaper clipping from this. Now that I have a date that I can put to it, put that in there. And um, it's just something for myself that I wanted to archive everything and make sure. I, I have 
real issues with not being able to remember things. I have mm. a great, like almost photographic memory about things from my childhood and people I've met that I think would creep them out if they knew how well I remembered. I don't, I didn't forget a single person I went to high school with. Right. And if they walk up to me, it's like, I know things about you that would shock you if you knew I remembered wow. them this many years later. And so I try to play it cool and pretend like I don't remember sometimes, but yeah. I remember a lot. And so it drives me crazy when I forget things or when I can't remember. So you never want to, you never want to be caught forgetting something. So you, you will archive it and, right. And hold on to it. Yeah. You, you not, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but you hoard a lot of stuff. Do you like, no, no, sentimental? No, I am. I'm very sentimental, but physically, like, I'm pretty good about not taking up too much space. My girlfriend and I have, like, one room where we keep stuff stored, and besides that, it's just, it's pretty neat. That's so interesting. I love learning this about you. Yeah. (laughs) What are you going to work on next? Do you have another case that you want to get into? Not specifically, but there's been a, a lot of people email me, and especially every time that you know, Dateline or 48 Hours re-airs one of those episodes, I'll get a new wave of emails from people saying, please look into this case. But they're almost always like on the East Coast or so far away that I feel like I couldn't really do anything there. I couldn't do justice to that case. But Does that mean that whatever you pick up, it's going to be local? It's going to be here? Yeah, not necessarily local, but at least somewhere that I, is in driving distance that I could spend some time there and come home and... Um, but the closer to me, the better. I think the whole concept of your own backyard, like this is something that happened right here where I live. So there's been, there's been three or four cases that I just keep coming back to over and over that just for my own personal interest, I just think this could be a great documentary really? and somebody could really Can get it. Can you tell in. me what they are or no? I, I'd rather wait. Okay. I'd rather sit on them. Um, is one of them the Thomas Jodry case? No, but you know what? I did, uh, I set up his website, so the website that his parents promote and use and all that. I spent probably a few months at their house going through all this stuff to put up that website. Wow. And um, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, and I helped with, they got a lot of body cam footage, and I helped them put it in chronological order. We put like four quadrants on a screen so they could see every angle that was covered by body cam. We went through his Google timeline together to see like where his phone was every minute the night that he died. And it was really interesting, but they... You know, they did, they, did they ask you to do a podcast on this? I think they were open to it. They were open well, to sure, the idea, yeah. and I was telling them like the way that things were shaking out legally for them. They're trying to like push things with the DA, and they're trying. So to So for get someone, because we're getting into it now, for someone, this is the case of the young man who was, I think. Yeah, I know he was drunk, but I think he was pushed off or something would happen because he, he fell stories off of the parking structure. Right. And he, he was being fed a ton of alcohol by a super creepy dude who already has a history in crimes of this nature. Yes. And there's video of, of like Tommy falling down on the ground and then like running. And it's a really, it's, it's a night of mayhem. Yes. And then this guy is just like chilling, watching this all go down. Yeah. It was weird. And like, it, this is one of those ones where you're just like, God, is there something here? I th- and I feel, I just feel so bad for this family because I've interviewed them a couple times and I yeah. really like the Jodries. Um, yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah, it, it is. And, and especially because the angle they're trying to go at it from, they want they want things to be done with the police department. They yeah. want the DA to file charges. And so I just thought this is probably not the best time to make a documentary about this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, clearly, like I've shared their website a number of times and I've been to their memorial events they have and stuff and check them out. But as far as like telling the story, I just think it's too close in time. Mm -hmm. And I also think that there's a number of reasons why that might harm their ability to move forward with the case. And so until that is sorted out, I think it's probably best to not cover that one in any detail. You are going to do a Substack, which I'm really curious why you're, and I, I like Substack. I, I follow certain people there and I and I subscribe and pay for some content too. And I like it. I, I figure I want to figure out how to, in my own way, yeah. figure out where what I can offer to Substack for people who want to, whether it's the food and wine kind of stuff or if it's, who knows? I don't know where I, where I find myself there, but I'm, I'm certainly um, a fan of the idea because, you know, Legacy media is changing a lot, and I like the idea of someone who I could follow, just follow their content, you know, yeah. whoever it is, whatever it's about. So what are you going to be doing with Substack? So I have been, you know, because I spent so much time away from making music, and now that I'm getting back to it, now that I have time to, when I do put my next album out, I want to be able to tour, and I want to play a set of my own songs. And I was listening to my music and realizing, I don't remember how I played this. I really don't remember what the chords to this are. And some of my earliest stuff, you know, I put out my first album in 2007. So it's been 16, 16 and a half years since I wrote a lot of those. I couldn't remember any of it. And so I got this idea that in order to relearn those songs and go through it and kind of make it fun for myself, my friend and I have been doing this thing where we put every song I've released on a big wheel and we spin the wheel every week and whatever song it lands on, completely random, I have to relearn it and I'll give myself one or two days to relearn it and then I'll re-record a brand new version of it just to prove that here we go, I got, you know, even that little guitar solo in the background, I figured it out note for note, put it all together. Some of them we've taken the opportunity to do a different way. It's like this song was a little acoustic thing. We turned it into like a jazz piano thing now, but it's still the same essence of the song. And so we decided we should put this out as like a podcast. But my first fear is, like you said, everybody is going to compare my next podcast to your own backyard. And I don't want anybody to have the idea that I'm trying to just ride this podcast wave right. from your own backyard back to my music and like promote myself. So I thought, well, why don't I just put it behind a paywall? I'll just put up this podcast and I'll, you know, super cheap. I'm not trying to make money off of this, but for like four or five dollars a month, you get access to see me relearning my songs and putting out a brand new That's recording fun. that nobody else is going to get to hear. And then... That's it. It was just like every week we'll do a new song and, and okay. see how I can rebuild my repertoire before I go on the road again. And then how long is each episode? We, it's like half an hour. Okay, cool. So what we do is we spin the wheel at the end of an episode and that's next week's song. Uh -huh. We come back and we discuss the song a little bit. Like, how did you write this one? What album did it come out on? What was the inspiration? What's that instrument you're playing right there? We'll listen to the original recording and discuss it. And then after some conversation, I'll be like, here's the brand new version I recorded. We'll listen to it together. We'll discuss it, and then we'll spin the wheel for the next song. Musicians would really like this. I yeah, I, I think, think I'm, I'm into it. I think I'm hoping at least people who know me personally, like friends of mine, will just be curious to see what this process is like for somebody who, like, just earnestly wants to relearn the songs that they wrote and has spent so much time away from it that they need some practice getting back to it, and then. I don't know, maybe th those people who listen will be more interested in seeing me perform live to see 
how it comes together. Yeah. But so to just put it behind a paywall to to make the point that I'm only doing this for people who want to follow my music. I'm not trying to replace your own backyard with this. So yeah, it's going to be. And, awesome. and is that why you're not using conventional podcast that you know avenues like Apple Podcasts, yeah. like Spotify? So it won't be available to the general public on any of the major platforms. It will only be something you subscribe to listen to on, but, on Substack. But if you subscribe through Substack, they make it super easy to you oh, know yeah. you press play. I'll put a little blog together for each one where we all put sometimes like the handwritten lyrics if I found them in a box or oh, like cool. here's a picture of me playing at that coffee shop we talked about in this episode. What's the name and of your Substack? It's called the Chris Lambert Anthology. So it's just, and it's kind of tongue in cheek, but just the idea of going back and relearning yeah. my, my old stuff. And it's available now? No. So I'm not going to launch it until I feel like I have enough there that it it can move forward because okay. if people are going to be paying for it, I want to make sure they're going to get regular releases. And so right now we're just sort of putting episodes in the can and oh, cool. planning okay. to do that. When would year. you like to see it out? Pretty soon. Yeah. Maybe this spring. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. So, but is the Substack even available for one to go like search and hit follow yet? Or I not? think it might be blank. I think oh, okay, right now it. there's nothing on it. But if people wanted to go subscribe, I think they could. The Chris Lambert Anthology Yeah, yeah. I like Substack. I mean, I think you know, I got the app and I check it out on my computer. Like, I, I just yeah. I like it. You know. Yeah, I think it. You've seen a lot of journalists moving to yeah, those platforms. That's why I like Patreon it. and Substack. Uh-huh. Where this is for your audience only, right? And this is supplementing. You know, with the little bit of money you're charging for each post it's supplementing the income that they would be making working elsewhere when you think of like touring and stuff are you ready for to go tour and then just have a lot of people come up to you and ask you about the podcast um i think it depends on where i'm playing i think if i play locally maybe people will come out to see me just so they can say hi i'm still in that stage where when i go because I spend most of my time at home. When I go to a coffee shop, there's always one or two people who comes over and shakes my hand and wants to talk, Mm -hmm. which is cool. Like They're always super nice. Everybody's been really nice, but um, I wonder how long that'll last. You know, I don't know if I tour towards the end of this year, I don't know how long that sort of wave is going to last where people recognize me and want to say something to me. I think it will fade away. Yeah. Do you, is there any insecurities about putting out music? I mean, I feel like it's such a, it's such a way to put yourself out there. I mean, it's such a vulnerable, you know, write music, produce music, and then put it out. It's an, it's amazing, like to me, to like comprehend that. But is there any like insecurities around putting out music and it being judged by the people who liked your podcast, and then being like, oh, you should stick to podcasts? Um, no, because That's I I think awesome. I don't you. think there's a lot of crossover, and I assume a lot of people who like your own backyard might give one or two songs a listen and just decide this is not for me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I make music that's going to upset people. I don't oh, think sure, I make right, music yeah. that anybody's <laughs> just going to be disgusted by. In fact, one of the better experiences I had with a uh, somebody who really doesn't like me, they're like one of a few people who have emailed me to just say I hate your podcast, I hate everything really? you've done, I think you pointed the finger at the wrong guy, I think you're a terrible person. That being said, I listen to your music and it's pretty good. Oh, really? <laughs> and I thought, you know what? It would have hurt my feelings more if you felt the other way around. Yeah. It would have hurt my feelings more if you're like, your music is awful, but I love your podcast. So I thought that was really interesting that somebody who just has nothing but hatred for what I've done to listen and go, your music was good though. So That's interesting. Yeah, I think I make I, I make pretty accessible music that almost anybody would listen to and go, all right, you yeah. know, it might not make you passionate. It might not be the most exciting music you've ever heard, but it's authentic and it's who I am and it it's it's not too objectionable. Yeah. That's so funny that somebody would like 
it's so, it feels like we're in a time now where you, you could just not like something and just turn the channel, not listen to it, not patronize it. Right. But it's like you have to go out of your way yeah. to write something and yeah, scathing. Think, and, you know, we're, we're in this like era of things like Yelp and YouTube oh, comments where people feel like they're an authority yeah. and they because there's a comment box Everyone's that whatever expert. I say is going to be important. And right. Even, even putting out your own backyard on Apple Podcasts, you have no option but to allow people to rate it yep. one to five stars mm-hmm. and say anything they want about it. And some people say really mean, hurtful things that other people, when they're checking out your podcast, will read and might, before they even press play, mm-hmm. might be tainted by what they've read. And so that's vulnerable to, to put your stuff out there and just because there's a review section, now everybody's an authority on whether you're good or not. And sometimes, you know, there's people who And when you get listened. so big, when you get, when you, there's a certain level of like popularity and like notoriety that once you achieve, the numbers are just, you're going to have some haters. Sure. Whether they're deserved or not. Like yeah. you're going to have a certain percentage of people who are just going to like, you know, shit on it. And right. And I cannot complain about the proportions. Like as far as my breakdown of reviews goes, yeah. I've been very blessed to get mostly great reviews. Right. And, you know, every once in a while, there's somebody who says, love this podcast, love everything you did, but wasn't crazy about the mixing or the sound levels. One star. Okay. <laughs> and so you're like, so this is the worst a podcast could possibly be <laughs> because of one. But they do that with Yelp too, right? They'll go to Yelp and say, this is my favorite restaurant ever. But today the manager said something not very nice about me having my dog there. One star. Right. This is the worst a restaurant could possibly get. I love I reading think, Amazon comments for the same reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to do, on an old podcast I had, I used to do dramatic readings of Yelp reviews where I would just pick a restaurant and read all of their one-star reviews with music behind it, like sad piano music. And I would do dramatizations of like, this ruined my life because the pickle was a little soggy on my sandwich. That's so and clever. It's like, come on, take some perspective. Let's do one of those right now. <laughs> sure. Let's do one. Let's, um, <laughs> let's not do something locally. What do you think? We should go to, name a city. Sacramento. Sacramento, and then give me a kind of place. Coffee shop, sandwich shop. I think sandwich shops are usually pretty good because people have strong opinions about what goes on their sandwich. That's a great point. All right, here we go. Sacramento sandwich shops. Did you score these two when you did it? Or you just find music? I just grabbed it. Yeah, I did like How to Save a Life by the Fray. I love (laughs) it. Just playing in the background and just really sad. And I would do different voices for each one. But like, this is the ones I'm talking about. So this is written by Marlene P. She gave Pluck Chicken one star. And she says, We were very disappointed in the watermelon salad. We had a small order last night in Pleasanton, and it was amazing. We ordered three large today in Sacramento, and there was less salad than the small size in the Bay area yet it cost more it also had less arugula and cheese the watermelon didn't have any flavor very disappointed so her one star review is based on the fact that she had an amazing meal from them yesterday but today it wasn't as good so on the scale of one being the worst and five being the best this is the worst that's what i mean it's like there's no perspective here on how bad this restaurant is because you read it and go well, that doesn't sound all that bad. It yeah. sounds like you went back because it was so good, and the second time it was less good. So one star doesn't feel because fair. That's a rucola. Yeah. One star Yelp yeah. reviews. I love read by Chris Lambert. That is so good. But restaurants and motels always have the most dramatic. It's like this experience has completely ruined this place for me. Hotels. And then you read the details, and you're like, 
I mean, it sounds inconvenient, but it wouldn't make me no. say this is as bad as a restaurant could possibly be. My favorite trope is if you read these, everybody who gives one star their first sentence says, I wish I could give zero stars. I know. <laughs> and so I, I made myself a t-shirt that says, I wish I could give zero stars because everybody for some reason is upset that they have to give that one. Right. Yeah. And so it's just like, they're so mad that so they have to true. give one star, but it's like, you understand this is a scale from one to five and one is the worst, but they still think they don't deserve that one star either. Uh, you did a children's book with your wife for Christmas. Tell that story really quick. <laughs> yeah. Girlfriend, not wife yet. Oh, sorry. But we're working on it. We did, we wrote a children's book about our dog, Basil, and it's called Goodnight Baz. It's like a take on Goodnight Moon. Mm -hmm. And so she did these drawings that are in the style of Goodnight Moon, you know, big splashes of color and drawings of friends of ours and, and the dog park and just places we went. And then I wrote the like poem that goes along with it. So all the things that he, you know, he puts on his little harness when he's on his way to a walk. Yeah. So he's like, good night, little harness who right. takes me on walk. Aww. And then the next page is like, good night to uh, DoorDash. I'm not supposed to bark. And like everything <laughs> like breaks down basically the things that he responds to and reacts to. And even when we read it out loud, he gets all excited because we're saying all his favorite words in a <sighs> row, you know, all of his friends' names. And, and this is just something you made for your close friends during the holidays. Yeah. Every year for Christmas, we try to do something personalized, like something that we made. And this year it was like, we're going to get this hardcover children's book pressed. It's kind of expensive to yeah. get copies. So I think we got like 10 copies for our closest yeah. friends and family members. And oh, then what a had a blast gift. watching them read it out loud. Like they open it and then it's like, you got to read it right now. And everybody laughed so hard and had a really good time with that. I've always really enjoyed following you, like your personal page at Chris Lambert Music, because I get to see a little bit more of the inside of like your sense of humor, your quirkiness, you and Allie's like relationship, which is really cute. So it's really fun to follow like that side of you, knowing that I get to talk to you about this other side. And I can't thank you enough for all week long. I mean, what a great conversation. In fact, I think what I should do is take all the days that we have had you on and cram it together for one long form thing we'll publish you know on the weekend but um, if you've been listening to the show all week you've heard Chris Lambert here it has been so special from you know breaking down the latest of what's going on with the lawsuit with Cal Poly to what you've been doing in the interim uh, your music we read uh, Yelp reviews one star Yelp reviews and we had a lot of fun this week so I can't thank you enough for the time come to the Lobro studios and hanging out with me in San Luis Obispo you mean a lot to me your work means a lot to me and I just can't wait till I get to have you again man thanks for having me I I feel a lot looser than I did last time we talked. A lot really? less tension and yeah. and coming off of that trial, it was a it was a hell of a year to get back to normal life. So I feel a lot healthier now. Yeah, good. Good to hear, man. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself. And uh, you know, I wouldn't even say uh, best of luck because that's not fair to people who you know who actually need it. You don't. So uh, you're awesome, man. I really appreciate you. Thanks. You're up in Adam with Adam Montiel. Adam Montiel. Community content from Concentrate. Available wherever you get your podcasts. For links and more, visit adammontiel.com. All right, all the links you need are in the show notes. Chris Lambert, of course, uh, Chris Lambert Music. I got a link to the Bandcamp. You can check out the soundtrack. That was uh, his score to the podcast he produced. And I got a link to that Substack. Wasn't easy to find, but I got it. Found you that link. It's still bare, so at least you can subscribe, you know, put your email in, and then when it goes live, you'll be ready to go. But I'm looking forward to that. I got a link for all three of those in the show notes. And speaking of show notes, as well as what we talked to Jolie earlier in the show about with Echo, those are in the show notes as well. And as I'm going crazy with show notes, we're putting the pet of the week in the show. Put the pet of the week in the show notes. Everyone gets show notes. All right, Robin Coleman, she's from the Woods Humane Society. Love my time with Woods each week. Love the work that they do. Robin, it's great to talk to you. Thanks for being up and Adam. 
I love being up in Adam. You know it. I have um, been thinking about your uh, coffee with cats. <laughs> Tell me how that was. Oh my gosh. I knew people were excited, but I guess I underestimated just how much this community loves coffee and cats <laughs> with just a two hour event and a little chilly rainy day. We had over 200 people come out to our Atascadero cat shelter, grab some coffee and pet some cats. We did several adoptions, lots of people that had never been to our Atascadero location. So I would say it was a huge success. And our pet of the week, the sweet kitty from last week, got adopted before Coffee with the Cats even started. So oh, it was good a to big hear. success. Now, speaking yeah. of pet of the week, we got Hazel. Hazel is a dog who did not do well in the shelter. So you had a really cool foster situation. But we need to find a forever home. This dog is absolutely beautiful. It's a shepherd mixed with the Great Pyrenees. We're talking 60 pounds. It looks like it's got yellow lab in it with these other ones I just mentioned. But tell yep. me all about this really beautiful dog, Hazel. I had a feeling you were going to love her. She's so photogenic. I couldn't pick just one photo. I had to send multiples because she's so gorgeous. But you said it. She is in foster. She hated the shelter. Very sad. Very stressed. And thankfully, we have amazing fosters and amazing people in the community. She is much happier. She's in a foster home. She goes to doggy daycare. She loves her doggy friends. She loves going out for hikes, beach days, adventures. So I would say she's looking for an active home. She's very loyal, very smart. She already knows many tricks. She knows sit down. She knows that bang, bang trip trick where they like fall over and play oh. dead. Um, she kisses on demand and she is just a very smart, happy girl when she's active and with a doggy friend. So we are looking for a home that has a dog already uh, or multiple dogs. She does best with a doggy friend. She needs a little companion. Yeah. So an active home that has dogs would be her best fit. She is a very good girl, knows lots of obedience already. She has lots of experience going on hiking trails, but she really likes to stay busy with a person and her doggy friend. So she is fee waived. She's in foster. So you do need to call Woods to make an appointment and the foster will bring her in to have a little meet up, a little doggy date. But we would love to get her adopted because as you mentioned, fosters are such a blessing, but they are temporary. Yes. So we need to get her into a home. That's why she's our pet of the week. She's up on Instagram and Facebook. You can check out her foster actually in the video and a couple of her tricks. Give that a share Shoot. if you can't adopt. So, yeah. again, the dog, Hazel, is fee-waived right now. So you could take that money that you would have, you know, spent on getting the dog into your home and get some treats, get some extra food, some goodies, mm -hmm. and really make Hazel a home. Now, speaking of making a home, you have yeah. a lot of puppies that need to find a home. And you're not often swimming in puppies. A lot of times it's like, when are you going to get puppies back? Well, now you have them yeah. and you have them. You got a bunch of them. We've got a bunch of them, and uh, this has been like the year of puppies. We quite literally have been drowning in puppies at times. <laughs> they do usually go pretty quickly. We we put a post up that said like the weekend uh, forecast is raining puppies. Um, so they're just taking a little longer to get adopted. And as you could imagine, we do not want puppies growing up in a shelter. It's no. the worst to see those babies just like wanting your attention and crying for you. So we are doing something we don't do often, half-price adoptions on five months and under. 
wonder. It doesn't happen too often. We've got some adorable, sweet young pups that are ready for a family. So we're fee, we are cutting their fee in half to wow. get them out of the shelter this weekend. So you can check out all of our available animals, woodshumanesociety.org. Share those social media posts. I sent you a few pictures. We also have a seven-month-old that's been here for like two months. So he's went from oh. like five, six months to now seven months. He's starting to look more like an adult puppy. So oh. Fezziwig is one of our favorites. He's playful, energetic, and growing up in a shelter. So he's actually fee-waved right now as well. So lots of great things happening at Woods, but obviously lots of animals in needs of home. So we are hoping this is a good weekend for people to come out and adopt and again, share those social media posts. You know, we always talk about things that you can do when you can't afford to, you know, give your resources to the Woods Humane Society and their good work. Or maybe you can't really bring in a dog or a cat, but there are some things that you can drop off, give to Woods, and they become very helpful. I want you to rattle off this list because there's a lot of helpful things in here. Yes. So I take a lot of calls, about 10 a day, asking, can you take this? Do you want this? I unfortunately lost my dog. Can you take this? So a couple of things we need this time of year, blankets, no comforters, no pillows. We're looking for those fleece blankets, throw blankets. We use those every single day in our cat rooms and our dog kennels. So we always need blankets at either location, Atascadero or San Luis Obispo. We are good right now on towels and sheets. So maybe another organization needs those right now. We always take in pet food, open or unopened bags treats, canned food, dry food. We use it all. If it's not for our shelter animals, I am sharing about 1,000 pounds of dog and cat food every single month with people who just need a bag of food so they can keep their loved cat or dog. So we really could use some stocking of our pet pantry and durable toys those pill pockets, I'm sure you've used those before. We sure. use those every day at Woods yeah. to sneak the medication in. So peanut butter pill pockets for cats and dogs, we go through a ton of those. And dog jerky style treats we use for our training, our volunteers. When we have to do scary medical things to them, we always try to give them some yummy treats. So jerky style treats that we can break into pieces. Those are the items that we need the most at right. Woods. There are donation bins outside of both locations every single day to to make dropping off really easy. So there are always things that you can do to help our homeless cats and dogs while they're waiting at Woods. Keep these in mind. You can help out the Woods Humane Society. We got Robin Coleman. Don't forget puppies and tons of them and half off. You look at some dogs like Fezziwig, seven months old, that is fee waived and our pet of the week, Hazel, a beautiful two and a half year old dog that is also fee waived and does tricks. It's She's already on the way to being trained. Robin, I love it. Thank you so much for the good work that Woods does. You being up and at him each week, I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. WoodsHumaneSociety.org. Love the work that Woods Humane Society does. Love what Robin is doing there. All the way up to Emily, who's the CEO. Just awesome people, awesome hearts. They got it going on. Indeed, they got it going on. Uh, keep in mind those donations. Those are really cool. They got a little bin out front, and that's a great way you can give if you can't give, you know, financially or you really don't have a place to hold a dog. You don't want a dog or a cat. That's a great way you can help them out. All right, what a busy next week. I'm so excited for next week. Uh, comedian 
Eric Schwartz will be up and at him. A local romance novel author, Samantha Benson. I'm excited to talk to her. She's got a brand new book. We're going to get you copies of it. Shoot. Comedian Mark Critch got a brand new show called Son of a Critch. I don't even think it's brand new. I think it might be just a new season. Anyways, the show is by the same people who did like The Office and Shit's Creek. It's really, really funny. Mark Critch, legendary dude in Canada. Took me a while to kind of like learn more about him. I can't wait to talk to him next week. And shuck around and find out. We're going to hang out with Mike Siner, Neil Maloney from Morro Bay Oysters at Siner Lavalley. That and more next week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Stay sexy. We'll talk to you Monday. Thank you so much for being up and at it. 